Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlin, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. And we got to start with Jack was doing some intel over the weekend. Some of those G5 members, he was actually doing play-by-play for Charlotte. Yeah, so I know that the CUSA, um, not a conference I want to be in, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Charlotte was great. Charlotte is I kind of get the vibes from Charlotte that, I mean, granted their football program's only been around for like seven years at this point. Um, but I get the vibe that they're kind of like JMU where like they're in the CUSA, but they have a lot loftier expectations for themselves. Um, and Will Healy, l- l- listen to this. Will Healy is probably the coolest coach. Like Signetti is kind no offense to Signetti, but he's kind of like very cut and dry. He's going to, tell it like it is and he's gonna say just very like classic old school coach and Houston we all loved him but he's very coach speak and the only reason that worked was because they continued to win and he had cool pregame speeches you know yep. Bill Healy is like the, a genuine person and after the postgame press conference he he makes and now they do it just on their own each player go up to the media who goes to the press conference, thank them for coming to the press conference, and then like has genuine conversation with them and shakes each one of their hands. Wow. I've never seen he, a school, uh, he's, like I've never seen a school do that. And like and before the pre the pre, post-game press conference, he goes up to each person in the media and th- he fist bumped him because it's COVID, but he used to handshake each one and he thanked everyone for coming. Healy is a uh, fast riser. He strikes me as one that that could get a bigger job pretty darn soon if he wants it. He's 36. He's now, I think, 12 and 10 during his time at Charlotte. Um, great first year, two and four last year during COVID, but granted they had nine cancellations and just a weird season overall. And now he's 2-0. and oh. Now, don't ask Dom, our friend of ours, who uh, he's kind of low on Charlotte. He thinks they're not that great. But I think Will Healy's a great coach that, like, just squeezes all he can out of his players. Um, and I'm really glad that the JMU Sports News podcast has started with a two-and-a-half-minute two talk on the state of Charlotte football. This is why people tune in. And I don't know if we want to do a realignment talk now or if we want to save it as a little treat. Uh, but the, think, the real – what do we think? I think we should go into it now because, I mean, what a great because segue. Will, yeah. And then – and then we'll talk Maine really quickly. Full disclosure, I didn't catch much of the game because I was in the press box for Charlotte. Um, so I, I also <laughs> in the press box for UVA during the UVA yes. beatdown of Illinois, yes. where it seemed like every play it was a fifty-yard completion for a touchdown. Yeah, they kind of routed them. So uh, we'll do realignment. We'll talk briefly on Maine. I've seen highlights and clips and things, but not like a, a deep dive. And then obviously the Weber State matchup, which I think. JMU fans are really excited for. I know Weber State fans seem pretty excited as well. So it should be a hell of a game. Oh, I'm excited for that game. Remember when I texted you? Uh, was it over the this summer? Frank. Sorry, my dog was trying to eat my uh, cat's litter. We've all uh, been there before. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> um, I remember when I texted you and I said, let's go to Ogden. Hey, I mean, it would have been cool if, you know, job didn't get away. Job Ogden seems like a 
and then it seemed like it's two hours away from like any civilization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to fly into what do you find like Salt Lake City or something and then and drive. Like, yeah. So and then that that quickly turned like a five hundred dollar <laughs> to like a thousand dollar round trip because rental cars are expensive. It could be a very pricey trip, but <laughs> an exciting one if you're able to go. If you're on the West Coast and you're a JMU fan, you rarely get chances to see him. So that's pretty darn cool. But yeah. We're starting realignment. <laughs> really good, a good segue there. No, but it's interesting because I feel like the the talk a couple weeks ago was kind of like, well, all group of five stuff is going to take time to like shuffle out, right? It was like Texas yeah, and Oklahoma think. are going to the SEC, and then you've got they're like, oh, everything would take a little bit longer. The Big Twelve came and grabbed three AAC members plus BYU. So the Big 12, I was talking about how the Big 12 was, like, going to die. Big 12 is fighting back. I really thought that, like, during that time when it was announced they were leaving, I thought for sure that the Pac-12 was going to poach some, the big, the AAC was going to poach some. Yeah. But the Big 12 went ahead and took, what, Houston, Cincy, and UCF? Yeah. And, the three yeah. biggest players in the AAC. That makes it attractive for JMU to go to. Yeah, so I was saying, I think on one of the podcasts, I said that JMU had no chance of going to the American because I thought the American was going to get a lot stronger. Now JMU seems like it's a legitimate team in terms of being in the mix for the American, Sunbelt, Conference USA. JMU is going to have some sort of option or maybe options. It's just a matter of who they're able to go with in terms of which teams are willing to like stay in the Sunbelt, which teams might leave the American like there's a lot of moving pieces but it seems like JMU is gonna actually have a chance to do something and yeah I mean because now we don't know AAC honestly the AAC and Sunbelt at this point are almost on level playing fields especially with who the Big 12 poached from the AAC um so it'll be really interesting to see if the AAC we're gonna say that a lot during this podcast we'll try and poach any Sunbelt people over but I think as it stands here on what, September, September 15th, 2021, as it stands, I think the Sun Belt is a better conference than the American. See, I was going back and forth on that. And then I started looking at the American, which still allegedly is going to be potentially have a better TV deal. They still have Memphis, although Memphis might eventually end up leaving. Memphis Mem- is great for basketball, but... I mean, they've still had some pretty good football teams compared uh, to you look at some of the Sunbelt teams are not all that they've got a couple good teams. They have the great Texas state. What do you mean? Yeah. That the Sunbelt like West as it could potentially be is, is not exciting to me, but even like Temple's pretty bad. So you've got that East Carolina is one that I know they haven't been great with Mike Houston, but I'd still be kind of interested there. But then after that, it is, it is kind of weak. I mean, you look at Tulane, Tulsa, and sometimes those are, are good football teams, South Florida, but it doesn't make any geographic sense for JMU. Like I have no interest in Jamie playing Tulsa. I really don't care about that game. So it would depend on what the American could add because my stance at this point, and this is maybe just me is like, I want to be wherever the hell Appalachian state is. <laughs> See, I want to be where the ranked teams are. And right now that's coastal and that's is app state ranked right now. They are not. They lost Miami by two the other day. Oh, they end- oh yeah, that's right. They ended up losing that. But App State's a, a formidable force, and yes, I mean, rekindle that. And then not to mention if Georgia Southern and Georgia State, one of them was a CAA school for a brief second, too. I believe it was Southern, Georgia Southern. There's some, like, rivalry stuff there, potentially. I think the Sun Belt's the better option. I think the Sun Belt's better if it, like, keeps teams. Because if you have, like, defections from it. Like, if you're with Appalachian State, there was the <laughs> – I would say this as I pulled it up – it's from the uh, JMU game day account, which appeared to just be a message board rumor that was then tweeted out. But it was, it was saying that, source. right, it was saying that JMU would go with Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss to the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt. ODU has no ability to leave. ODU has no money, so they can't pay out the CUSA. ODU's got a pretty big athletic budget compared to compared to some of these teams. So yeah, that's that's really the like only 1. thing. 1.5 million just sitting there to leave the CUSA. I think after they could scrap winning. I think they could scrap something together with some donors maybe. I don't know. I don't totally know their financial situation. I know they have a decent budget which is really the only reason they're attractive to anyone because they suck. 
Um, so you've got, although they did beat, they did beat Hampton, which is a pretty good FCS school. Okay. <laughs> no, but the Sunbelt East, as this rumor says, would be JMU, App State, Marshall, Old Dominion, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, which would obviously be phenomenal for that division. <laughs> it does not seem like that is all that accurate in terms of like what other people have heard and what people are really going for. So I'm not sure that will actually happen. That completely seemed like some sort of, my dad told me that she said, that my cousin said, that Jeff Bourne told him at the gas station. Like, I don't know how legit that is. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it, would, it would be really cool, but it seemed, and then there was some like follow-up tweets that were like, well, this, no, this is solved. They can also go to the American and they can also go. They can also go to the Patriot League. Right. They can also <laughs> go to the League. Uh, they can also go to the Missouri Valley. Yeah, it's <laughs> and then there were some actual reports from like national writers, like with the Athletic, and then Matt Brown, who we've had on the podcast briefly once, um, that JMU is kind of looking, and that's what everyone sort of heard. The American and Sunbelt both seem like they're in play. Uh, it's going to depend on what other people do too, and and how it all works out. But the the thing that is really interesting, I think the Athletic report had this, is that like the geographic conference that everyone's rooting for, where it's like all the conferences split up and they just go with like it's who's close happening. to each other. No, it does not seem like it's happening because it's about money. And like anyone who can get to the American, which appears to be the, the moneymaker, is going to try to go there. Yeah, I get. I guess that is true with the American that it has the best group of five TV deal. So I think from a, from a financial standpoint, from a all of that standpoint, um, that's probably the best bet. But from a, from a geographical, from a regional rivalries, from a success within the last two years um i think sunbelt's the better one sunbelt yeah when you take away some of those aac teams it's got yeah. some some pop but if the sunbelt grabs like appalachian state and then you're looking at a division with appalachian state and east carolina and maybe you've got a Follow App State. If if the AAC takes App State, you want to go AAC. <laughs> I think being with Appalachian State is a very good move because Appalachian State is like way on the up and up as a program. They play really good football. There's a rivalry history there. I think that's a team to to follow depending on where they go. I think they're they're if you're with them, I think you're in a pretty decent spot. Yeah. I it is it is a lot of fun. But I think if you you ask me right now, right this second, right this second, I wouldn't want I would want Jane Mew to go Sunbelt. I think Sunbelt but I, I think I think Bourne wants to go AAC. And I think both are gonna be on the table. I hope whatever we get has some regional ties and it has teams that can like legitimately compete in multiple sports so like some solid football ones and then it would also be cool like sunbelt's got louisiana right like they're a softball. softball powerhouse yeah also i think it's worth noting that the aac because it has such a good tv deal is in a position unlike the sunbelt where they're kind of able to poach from group of fives so it might be less that's likely. what it seems like like they're they it depends on how they want to position themselves. If they want to position themselves for success in the next two to five years, they're going to poach from group of fives. If they want to success, set themselves up for a little bit further down, like down the line success, then they'll bring in JMU. But it, I mean, I would not be surprised if we saw a group of five, just poach three or four teams from group of fives. And then those group of five scramble to try and fill it. Do you think if conference USA comes calling, I remember we asked this question last off season. If the Sun Belt comes calling, do you pick up the phone? And we said, "Hang up." Um, now we're saying, "Pick it up and go <laughs> right away." So now I ask, if the conference, if so, if everything shakes out, AAC pulls a few players from the the Sun Belt, the sun, things are shaking up, and it looks like CUSA is the only place that's going to have an opening for JMU. Would you rather stay in the CAA or go CUSA? I'd scrap the budget a little more and and stay in. The CAA. I don't think the Conference USA. I wouldn't be surprised if that got like basically killed. It just doesn't seem like it's positioned well. It doesn't seem like the teams are that good. And like it's at really least weird geographically. Like if you look it's at USA weird. and UTEP, like they're just randomly over there in Texas. You bring up like they have a couple of teams that I think I'd be very interested in being associated with. You look at like UAB is kind of an interesting one where like they've gotten sneaky good at football. Marshall, like 
yeah, sign me up for Marshall. If they could <laughs> get with Marshall, that'd be sweet. ODU, I like from the geographic perspective and assume they'll eventually get less crappy at football. And then like Southern Miss has a really good football team too. So, and even like kind of interested in Charlotte a little bit. I haven't looked into their budget all that much or anything, but like from a football perspective, you mentioned them where they're trying to grow a little, like that's somewhat regional and interesting. So I would, I would not be thrilled about joining that league i'd be very thrilled if some cusa teams left somewhere and went to jmu yeah you sound like uh you really like cusa east but the west part of it is where you're like i would not want to yeah. play utep in volleyball on a february wednesday yep and i feel like some of those teams marshall odu i think they can kind of southern miss even can kind of see a little bit the writing on the wall that like all right this might get scrapped a little bit can ODU though? ODU is like a poverty program right now. Like we're talking about ODU, like there's potential for the I, ODU is bad. I could still see them coming, improving. Like I could see them becoming a decent group of five team. Like they had like a couple of years ago, they beat Virginia Tech. Like they have. Yeah. So did JMU. Yeah. Well, JMU, we're talking about like they're this <laughs> okay, <laughs> bad. big old thing. I, I think there's potential there. I think they're going to be better this year, which is not a high bar but like they had some really rough coaching and stuff but like they had some guys who could play i think if they add the right coach in there i think they could be decent i mean they almost they gave uva a run a couple years ago and they stunk but like they had a quarterback and linebacker i was like oh like those guys can can weirdly play so i feel like they could they could find a way to make it work it's a talent rich area so I'm, i'm not opposed to them but they're obviously like a big like you got to wait for them to grow. Although I think JMU moves up, you kind of got to wait for JMU to grow. Like right now, we'll talk about this soon. Their talent advantage over like Maine is stupid. Like they have no business being on the same field as Antoine Wells. They can't cover him. Yeah, that's that's actually the perfect segue into this Maine game. I mean, you look at it, it's 55 to seven, right? You have the total, that's first downs. I should have done this so much better. Total yards, like this is just this just shows the disparity in talent. Jamie was lacking. Mike Green, I don't think Green played. He did not. Um, MJ Hampton. Yep. Wesley McCormick is week one playing. And I think he got hurt again. Yeah. So that I don't think Percy played. Nope. He's he's resting for Weber essentially. Liam Fernadel is out for the season, and the right. backup left tackle is playing. And they outgained them 512 yards to 194. They didn't even crack 200 yards of total offense. And you're telling me that they're the same conference? It's, it's really interesting because, like, JMU's rushing attack is normally what does the damage. Instead, it was Cole Johnson going off. But the, <laughs> you look at the running backs, nobody had 10 carries. So, like, they were fine slinging the ball around, which is kind of exciting moving forward. But the, the running was, like, reasonably productive. I mean, they had everyone dec- averaged more than 6.1 yards per carry. Yeah, the three guys who, like, legit got carries. So, like, they had some some solid runs. And I think the category that makes – that really stands out to me is you can see, like, gained yards and then lost yards. Cole Johnson apparently took a sack, and that's that's it. Like, no one lost <laughs> yards on a carry. And then the quarterback throws for, what, 370? or Yeah, 379, 25 for 30 four touchdowns, no picks, and you didn't lose yards on a carry. Like, just a demolition of a team that is supposed to be middle-of-the-pack CAA. Yeah, this is a main team that – I mean, I didn't do my power rankings last week. I didn't have the time. Hopefully, I'll try to get to them this week. Um, life is crazy, man. Uh, work Not working from home, I didn't realize how much just, like, BS I did while working. <laughs> Hopefully, my employers aren't listening. Um, but – if Maine is a team that like they gave Delaware granted it was a fluke play here a fluke play there and a block punt for a touchdown that right turned into 24 points but, I mean they scored 24 points in a quarter and they gave they were up on Maine at halftime and here's a team that then put up seven points in a game they just like I mean, it was just a complete mismatch and it was supposed to be a team that was was decent I mean it was what Cole Johnson did was really <laughs> something what, what him and Antoine Wells did together Antoine Wells eight receptions 179 yards two touchdowns Cole 25 for 30 379 four touchdowns long of 73 like granted I didn't get to watch the game I mean there was a point where I was watching the game and then I would look down to 
jot some notes on the Charlotte football game. And then I would look up back to my screen and then they're kicking off again. Like what? 10 points, 14, 17. And that's not even like an outburst for like 24 points in a single quarter. And then like a touchdown in the third. That's, that's a consistent two to three scores a quarter. And they just put that up for 55 points. Yeah. I mean, they scored at least 10 points in every quarter. Like it was just a really strong showing wells is really really good which we all knew but like he had one where he runs a deep ball catches the ball the db like falls on his face and he takes it in for the 73 yard touchdown like we've talked about wanting them to get scott racy involved he had a four catches 70 yards and a touchdown chris thornton six for 71 like it was a really good group they got van horse involved van horse is now suspended and definitely had a alleged dwi in the harrisburg area so something to monitor there they're without him but I don't think that really changes much moving forward because they're just they're stacked and if they give cole johnson time and he's going to play like this like it's very hard to see them losing because oh yeah the CA offensive player of the year preseason percy hache hasn't played a snap have we gotten any more information on that though because i thought it was weird that mike green who was like a game time decision week one no one knew he was not going to play and then all of a sudden they're like oh we just pulled him out something came up he's fine and all of a sudden he's missing his second straight week percy uh it's just a little hammy he's fine though he'll probably play week two and then he's out another week um mj hampton's been announced he's out for a few weeks do we know any of these updates on these injuries i know it's only wednesday i had to look this week i assume both or I think they're both going to play it seemed like with Percy it was like a nagging hamstring and they just kind of wanted to be patient with it and I think I don't remember what Green's injury even was was it back I think it was back I'm I'm, I'm scrolling through Greg Medea's Twitter now to see if he's tweeted about it my guess is that they'll they'll both go was kind of what I would think um and that they were kind of being cautious with it although I don't I mean as crazy as it sounds I don't know if they even need them um to, to they, they might need him against weber more i don't so know that they do light definitely more so than than who they played i just don't know how how much weaver is gonna really make it a game like i still have my my doubts mccormick's out for a while yeah that's disappointing with him that's a uh, to me that's the biggest injury regardless of green and i mean yeah. see, like they're great players but they're also in position groups that are so deep that they don't necessarily like the defensive line is going to be fine. What worries me is that now Greg Ross and Taurus Carroll are pushed into the one, two role. And we kind of saw how Moorhead state was able to pick them apart. Uh, bringing Wesley McCormick in, putting him at the CB one, having Greg Ross go to CB two and Taurus Carroll cover the slot. I thought was a lot better, um, but we'll see what it's like for a full season. That does just kind of worry me that McCormick's out for a while. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. It stinks for him. Weaver State's kind of interesting because they were Bronson Barron, I believe is how it's pronounced, was the starting quarterback for them. And he hurt his knee in the win over Dixie State, which ah, is a team. Yeah, the, the vaunted Dixie State. Uh, does, their, does their mascot start with a T? I have no idea what they are. I'm going to look it up now while you could talk. He, <laughs> he banged up his knee. They were saying it could be one week, two week, three weeks. I, my guess is that he does not play which would leave them with Randall Johnson, who's a Middle Tennessee State transfer 6'5". We thought that would start. He's a big body who played – he played better than, than Barron did against Dixie State. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how they handle him because he's a dual-threat guy with a little bit of ability. Dixie State are the trailblazers. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Yeah, hell of a matchup there. Yeah, he so, didn't play well, though. and You might have just said this, and I was looking up the Dixie Yeah, he struggled in that game. He, we th- I mean, he's a tank. He's a big guy. And well, now- Johnson was – he was good. The Johnson? tank was good. Randall Johnson's the Middle Tennessee guy. Let me look up. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. The, the other guy struggled. The starter struggled. Oh, 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 oh. The initial starter struggled. And then Johnson came in when he got hurt, I guess, and actually played pretty well. Although the, he really didn't – I think he only threw eight passes and ran four times. So it was like – so Not quick little thing. It was like in the second half he came in was my was I think what happened. So okay. Um. So do you do you worry about that type of that type of quarterback playing against this offense, this defense? I think kind of interesting, right? If he can move a little and and stress them that way, and I don't know exactly what he brings. Like he didn't win the starting job, 
yeah. at the same time, maybe he brings like a spark with what he, he can do. He certainly looked good against Dixie state, but like the other thing with Weaver across the board, they played Utah an FBS team and lost, and then they played Dixie state. So <laughs> I have no idea what to expect out of them. They haven't played a real team yet. Yeah. It, it's very, then they got blown out by Utah and then they blow out Dixie state. So I mean, right. it's kind of like JMU playing Moorhead State than Maine. I think Maine's a little more of like a team. But yeah, yeah, Weber State is a test. Here's my take, though. To me, Weber State is like Delaware. So I'm going to go like some really weird transitive property here. So please, oh, I'm excited. If you can. Delaware's like Weber State. Maine played Delaware well overall. So in a way, Weber would have barely edged Maine. I think it's. Did you follow me with that really yes, weird transitive? Property yes, I don't. Way? I don't totally disagree. I think the only thing that maybe makes it interesting is the location. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge. This is the farthest west JMU's ever gone. Um, Cole Johnson does have family out in Utah, so Rumor has that's it, yeah. a big, big thing. Um, no, but but seriously, it's it's a far road trip. It's weird. You don't get a lot of probably six-hour plane rides week three of a football season. So that's I think that's as big of a matchup as this team is. And also, we say it – I think we said it last week. We said it the week before. Weber State wants to win. And I know that sounds stupid. You're like – you're listening to this and you say – well, no shit, Jack. Maine wanted to win last week, and Moorhead State wanted to win the week before. But, like, this is personal. Like, we've taken – JMU has beaten Weber in the playoffs, what, two of the last four or five years? Yeah, 2017, 2019. Like, and in 2017, it was kind of in heartbreak fashion in a game they <laughs> should have won. And there's still some guys that are around on JMU and on Weber State and we're going into their house for the first time ever. We've beaten them down in Bridgeforth twice now. It kind of like the SEC, you know, where it just means more to the SEC schools. This game might just mean more to Weber. Now, is that enough to push them over the edge and win? Probably not. But it'll make for a darn good game. That's kind of how I feel. Like, it, it definitely seems like one that JMU players would be like, oh, that's cool. And like Weaver players would have circled, like, like all right. this game when it was announced. Yes, Weaver was like, they're coming into our home. This is our time to to make them pay. And then meanwhile, Jamie's sitting back on their hands, like, bro, this is the regular season. Like this does we win when it matters. Um, but but I do, I think that'll make it a game. But I still think JMU just wins in every maybe not coaching but they win in every other facet of the game. Dang, going after Signetti. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going after him. That's just more of a, a, a show of how good Jay Hill is. Jay Hill's a really good coach. Like, he turns this Weber State team into a national title contender, a top five, top ten seed every year, when he maybe doesn't have that type of talent every year. It's impressive, and it's kind of like, I feel like we've waited for them to like have a quarterback that's killed us. And they, they did a decent – they've been, like, solid against us before, but they haven't really gone out of their minds dominating us. So I think that's something interesting. If Randall Johnson is the guy, can he have a big-time performance? Like, Weaver State, they're a good team, but to beat a team like JMU, the quarterback's got to play well. Yeah. So, like, that's – Not even play well, play perfect. You need to have a perfect offensive game plan against JMU. Got to be really solid. And then you've also got to hope that – like, if Cole Johnson plays like he's playing, it's over. Like, so they need him to take a step back. They got to find a way to get pressure on him and, and disrupt the offense. And then he, like, Weber State has to play really well to win this game. Yeah. And I mean, they can. Yes. 100%. They're good in the trenches. They're good every year in the trenches. They'll, they'll be possibly the best team JMU faces in the front seven all season. But again, like, can you generate pressure? Because having a great defensive front doesn't mean you can generate pressure. Can you get to him in under – can you get to Cole in under three seconds? And can you push the line of scrimmage back a yard or two and force the running backs to make cuts before they want to? Here's a hot take. I, uh, I kind of hope JMU either loses or that it's like a game. Like I – I think in my – it'll like, be a game. In I think... my gut, 
in my gut, I think they're going to route him. Like, I think Jamie might kill them. You think that? Really? I really do. Like, if you – like, the running game's pretty solid. Cole is playing out of his mind. The Weaver State last year looked, like, out athletic by Southern Illinois in that playoff game. Yeah. Like, I think Weaver's a good team, but I have a lot of concerns about if they can actually hold up and compete with a JMU that I think has a chance to be really special this year. And I know Signetti's going to have them ready to go. So, I mean, I don't – I hope it's a game. I hope it's one that like tests them because then I'm going to be way more excited for that Delaware matchup. I mean, way more like, I think the season becomes more exciting if they drop a game. I just think they might kill them. You want to know something crazy about this? I mean, granted when we compare back to 2021, that spring season, there's always an asterisk next to it. Cause it was just a weird season. Yeah. But of their five wins last year, only one of them came by five points or more. One was a Hail Mary. Like, they last year, they were not that good. So, against Idaho – at Idaho State, they destroyed them, 49-21. Mm-hmm. They played number 23, UC Davis, who I don't think finished number – in the. I don't think finished ranked. I don't think they had a great year at the end, no. Yeah. Or I don't even remember how many games these teams played. <laughs> but I don't think UC Davis finished well. Yeah. And uh, they won 18-13. to Northern Arizona, not a great team. Mm-hmm. That was, like, I think the game they won on a Hail Mary, 28-23. Southern Utah, 19-16. Idaho State, 2015. Southern Illinois, they lost 34-31. So, like, close games. You beat, you're telling me you beat Southern Utah 19-16 to and Southern Utah is a bad FCS school? That's what, like, kind of worries me about this, this game is, like, I don't, I don't know how good Weber is. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I kind of hope I'm wrong. But just from watching them, like, I feel like they had stronger teams in the past. There's, like, to me, still quarterback up in the air. Like, I think Johnson has a chance to be kind of dynamic and give them a jolt. There's also a chance that, like, we realize pretty quickly why he didn't win the starting job. And he, like, struggles. And Jamie Randall, offense. right? You're talking Randall, not Cole. Yes. Cole, I think, has – if <laughs> Cole's going to have to play poorly, I think, for Weber to, to really have a chance to win it. If he's remarkably good, it's just could be a route. Yeah, I, I kind of – I think it'll be a close game, but I see how you can think it's a route. Like, I do think, like – I've said like a lot. I think Weber State is going to play up this game. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the, the emotion's going to be there. And, granted, watch me say this, and we can play this back next week and just see how wrong I was if it was a route and they look flat. Because that can also be kind of, you know, the, the double-edged sword. You, you come out with so much energy, you make mistakes. So it'll be interesting to see. I do think it'll be a very close game, though. Who you got winning? Uh, JMU. Love to hear that. Should we do say a pick You read my mind. I was actually going to take – can you pull up last week's, uh, last week's and let's see how we did? Yes, let me find this bad boy. I don't even do you know who we picked? Oh, you got the thank God because I don't remember any of it. All right, (laughs) you want me to go through the results from last week, sir? Yeah, my CAA sports.com is not loading. That's disappointing. Stony Brook, Stony Brook won. They took care of business over Colgate 24 3. Okay. Dan Hunt's a name to keep an eye on if we move FBS and Signetti doesn't work out. Um, Richmond, dominant win over Lehigh, 31-3. Perfect. JMU won 55-7, as we all know. I said 31-17. You said 45-17. So, uh, Huge props. The me. scores really mean nothing. We don't really add any points. This it's is true. The score that you, you got closer on that one. Villanova over Bucknell, 55-3. Villanova. Okay. Uh, New Hampshire, 26 to 14 over the Tigers. Frick, man. Yeah, no doubt there. I, I, I really, okay, so that tells me, you know what that tells me? Thousand's bad. Thousand's bad. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, who else we got? Delaware beat St. Francis, 27 to 10. No surprise. William and Mary won 24 to 3. Against two? Uh, Lafayette. All right. Elon, absolute battle, 24-23 win over Campbell. 
so bad. <laughs> They're not a good football team. Um, and then Rhode Island won 16 to 14 over the undercuffler. I want to let you know something, Bennett. Yes. You had a perfect week. That's pretty impressive. Please tell me you put some <laughs> wild multi-leg parlay down on that. I, I should have. I only bet Stony Brook to cover like nine and a half, which they did easily. So I got that one. Your record is now 18 and one. Wow. You, what, did you only have one wrong last week? You're a Rhode Island guy. We're both Rhode Island guys now because of Taysom, Kasem Hill. I am 16 and three. That's still it's pretty good. We're darn good at this, but I'm just pissed that you are. <laughs> we gotta start putting this like graphic out again, so people, or at least tweeting that we're good, so people know that we're smart. You know, hopefully, I could get some time this weekend or something, and and put something out about it. But CAA power rankings, you know, they take precedent over everything. That is true. That's what the people want. That's what I've that been told through. Uh, multiple twitter dms that don't exist people want the the power 18 and one is pretty good look at me that's impressive that, that is, is impressive. I'm, I'm very i'm impressed with my 16 and three too but it's that's just overshadowed by your freaking one loss i've gotten there have only been like a handful of toss-up games i've gotten lucky on the toss-ups wofford with the I'm, elon's like i've correctly picked on the right side of them in their last towson in my towson yeah the toss-up too that was hard to tell. It's hard to know what the hell Towson has because they, you know, cowards or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Great <laughs> oh, no. virus. Um, all, right. all right, this week, Merrimack, Maine, who you got? Merrimack beat Holy Cross. They did. <laughs> they did. That's crazy. <laughs> Holy Cross coming off FBS win number six of last week against yeah. UConn. Over UConn, which UConn's like a Dixie D2. State caliber team. They're a D2, maybe D3 school. I'm going to – Oh, Maine just got the living crap kicked out of it twice. But I think playing Delaware and JMU, there's going to be a pretty big like, oh my God, thank God it's Merrimack on the other side <laughs> kind of moment. So I'm going to I'm gonna take Maine at home. I'm mad that you said that. I was going Maine no matter what. When you brought up Merrimack winning last week, I got excited that you might go Merrimack. But this game's also at Maine. They put up 24 points against Delaware and made it a game. But that game was at Maine. So it, I think it's different when you go up north, the New Hampshire's, the, the Orinos, or however you pronounce O-R-O-N-O. Albany, Syracuse. I know who I'm picking. Who do you got? Syracuse is bad, but they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse should win this game. Yes, I lo- that was the perfect way to tell me. Albany is bad, and they are that bad. Right? <laughs> yes. Syracuse is winning this game. New Hampshire, Lafayette. New Hampshire, all day long. I'm going – anytime you get a Patriot League team, I'm going against them, I think. I agree. Colgate's ruined the Patriot League for me, so uh, fade the Patriot. Rhode Island <laughs> exactly. Brown, how you feel about the Ivies? Well, now I'm big on Rhode Island because they gritted out that win over Albany on the road. No, you they can't be on Rhode Island. That's my thing. <laughs> I've, been, I've been on Rhode Island since day one. <laughs> I was anti-Rhode Island, and then – you told me their quarterback was good and had a fun name. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. So I'll take Rhode Island again. Rhode Island, they're not a national title contender. They're not anything like that. But they're a dark horse CAA contender where, like, at the end of the year, they might sneak into the playoffs. And they're going to, like, they're going to play a team that has, like, one CAA loss yes. that is battling for the CAA title and just absolutely destroy their hopes. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if I don't know Rhode Island schedule. I would not be surprised if Rhode Island played Delaware near the end of the season and Rhode Island just beat Delaware, like by a touchdown. They've got, um, I think they have them in October. I was scrolling down. Yeah. They got them October 9th in Rhode Island. Yeah. that see circle. Delaware, that Delaware is going to go into that either undefeated or with one loss and that loss to JMU. And then, or they might be, I don't, time is. They've got Jamie after, yeah. So it could be a little, little uh, upset action. All right. So William and Mary Colgate. I'll take William and Mary. I think this could be like a horrendous game, but uh, I don't think Colgate's any good. I mean, they posted Stony Brook and lost by 21. I think William and Mary can muster enough to win on the road. Yeah. yeah Colgate sucks. And I assume Hollis Mathis is eventually back at some point. So I'm going to keep riding the tribe. Let's see if Hollis Mathis played last week. This would be interesting to know because he is decent. It's loading, folks. I saw a tweet that the the sports 
He did? Okay. I saw a tweet that the William and Mary sports blog guys signed him to like an NIL deal. I don't know how like legit that is, but he was not good against Lafayette, <laughs> but they won. What the, they had like no yardage. <laughs> it seems like it's incorrect. If it is correct, they, they beat Lafayette despite only getting 173 yards of offense. What was the final? 24 to three. They had it like an, 80-yard interception return for a touch. They had two pick sixes. <laughs> <laughs> that game against Colgate is going to be disgusting. It's going to be like 13-6. to six. Oh, we both picked William Mary, so let's go. Ooh, I know who you're picking for this one. Elon or App State? Elon. I I- <laughs> Davis Cheek, I just don't know if Appalachian State. I know they've seen, technically speaking, they've seen De'Eric King, but I don't know if that's the same as Davis Cheek. So I'll take Appalachian State by about 50. Yeah, whatever App State is on this spread, pound it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, Delaware Rutgers. I'm sneaky excited for this game because I feel like Delaware maybe could linger for a while, and you never know if they hang around and make some things happen. My thing is, like, I just don't trust them to actually be aggressive offensively. Um, and Rutgers is, like, getting better. So I'll, I think Rutgers will probably end up pulling away pretty good. Each time I have the team I'm going to pick in my mind, and each time you start talking up <laughs> the other side, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. This is my chance to make a dent in his lead. Uh, yeah, Rutgers. Here's the thing. I think they might be kind of evenly matched, but then it comes down to how many more scholarships Rutgers has. Yeah. And, like, in a game where you're kind of evenly matched, that's the biggest thing. Richmond-Villanova. I'm making the mistake that literally everyone in the world does, which is buying into Villanova in September, but they have <laughs> blasted two crappy teams. They won like 47 to three and 55 to three. So I'm going to take them again. They're at home. Uh, I've been to that stadium and gosh, can it get rowdy with the track around it? And the, the old people in the stands. I mean, I, I don't know how you go in there and win. So I'll take Villanova. All right. Um, I believe in Joe Mancuso more than I believe in Daniel Smith. Wow. So I'm going, I'm going the spiders. I do not hate that pick. I think this is Villanova might be exposed a few weeks earlier than they normally are. I hope Villanova lingers for a long, we play them in that stretch, that tough stretch. Yeah, we do. I could, we might, hell, we might lose the next five. <laughs> we also might win the next 15 I, I might actually next six I forgot we had Elon after that and Davis Cheek knows us <laughs> alright North Dakota State and the Towson the uh, Towson, the Tigers Towson stinks I'll take <laughs> it's in Towson so that's interesting I guess um, but I don't think Towson's very good I think North Dakota State will be pretty good eventually so I'll take the Bison oh this is a good one this is a good one Stony Brook travels out to Eugene, Oregon. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You didn't, you didn't confirm that you're not taking Towson. Oh, I'm taking Oregon. <laughs> Sorry, I saw the Oregon on the CAA website and I got worried. Stony Brook's going to Eugene. You got worried. If this game was in Long Island, on it's on Stony Long Brook. Island. You are on Long. You are if, from <laughs> Connecticut. You should know that. No, it's if this Island. game was in Long Island. I would take Stony Brook by 21, but because this, that'd be a trap game. You beat Ohio state, then you got to go face the long Island express. And what's that coach's name? Um, Chuck Priori, Chuck Priori. And he's pissed off. He's got his guys flying to the football, but it's in Eugene. So I think we're going to win by about five to nine touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. As a result gonna- of <laughs> Oregon is going to destroy them. It's going to be so bad. That's going to be disgusting. Bloodbath. Um, I wonder what the spread is on that. They probably don't even have one because it's so big. Um, JMU Weber State and score prediction, please. JMU 38, Weber State 14. Wow. Yeah, I think they're going to smoke them. You know what's crazy? All the years we've done CAA pick them, I don't think either one of us has ever (laughs) picked against JMU. (laughs) Have they ever lost? <laughs> yeah, they lost to Elon. <laughs> they lost... Oh, okay, sorry. Do we have... Yeah, shit. What about... I think we... Did we pick them to beat West Virginia? 
we didn't do CA Pick'em during that so we uh, do conference games then. This is the well, first season we're doing all CAA games. When's the last time they lost to Elon? Uh, oh yeah, okay. Well, that one they should have won. We didn't. We didn't anticipate the Dylan Stapleton. That was that was the game we went into, and we said there <laughs> might be the best JMU football team we've ever seen. I think this one might be. Book it. No, if Cole, is, Cole the plays defense, the way he plays. The defense isn't good enough. Oh, the defense is. Oh, they're good. The the core. The secondary got shredded by Moorhead. Yeah, and then he stepped up last week. Yeah, and then Wesley McCormick went out. Yeah, okay. well, that could be interesting. Um, I think JMU wins this one. I think JMU wins 28-24. Wow. Close game. How many overtimes? I don't think it's close in the terms of, like, we're on the edge of our seats at the end. Right. I think it's close as in there's a garbage time touchdown with 56 seconds left to make exactly. it look more respectable. Wow. We're in for a thriller in Eugene. And, <laughs> and Ogden. Did you I went, I went back to the page and looked, looked at the Oregon one again. Oh my God. I can't believe they're playing Oregon. That's so it's hilarious when like a legit team pops up on this. And you're like, whoa! <laughs> what the hell are they doing there? Richmond's got Virginia Tech Tech. Oh, next week is a lot of legit teams. Wow. Richmond plays Virginia Tech. The New fact, plays wait, Tech. why is why is the CAA all of a sudden this season like, you know where we want to go? Let's all go to the <laughs> West Coast. Let's play against Oregon, San Diego State, Weber. What? Towson-San Diego State is one of the dumbest matchups I've ever seen. Who decided that made any sense? God, that's horrible. Mountain West after dark. Ba- Actually, it's a 3.30 kickoff. Never mind. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Stony Brook – pegged off uh, the Ducks. Chuck Priori knows that. He knows how to stop high-flying groups. Here's <laughs> he knows the- how to stop elite offenses that just took down arguably the best team in the country and handed Ryan Day his first regular season loss. Hope Oregon handles that win well. Better not rush the field or any, any shit like that. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yeah. We put on here Racky Record Breaker. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. He, um, well, I did forget. He, he, he went I almost forgot after I just was reminded. <laughs> as far as FCS kickers, he's now the highest scoring FCS kicker ever. And if he gets one more field goal, he sets the FCS record for most career made field goals. Here's a ridiculous stat. How many consecutive games do you think Ethan Racky has made a field goal in? Oh, probably. I don't. He didn't miss one last season. I don't think he missed the one before that. I'd say back in 2018. He's had 23 consecutive games with at least one made field goal. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, wait, one made field goal. What about consecutive extra points? In terms of ma- – he probably hasn't missed it. Has he ever missed one? You tell me. I have no idea. He missed some field goals last year, like a couple random ones. And then in 2019, I think he might have had some misses. But the fact that he has made a field goal, at least one field goal in 23, like the fact that they've set, never had a game where they just scored like eight touchdowns and nothing else, crazy. 23 consecutive games with a field goal. Oh, I see the crazy part of this stat now. I understand. How in the world? Conservative coaches. <laughs> <laughs> but he can also, it's also crazy because like, 23 consecutive pretty much means that every game they play, he makes a field goal. So if he does that again, he'll break the record against Weber State, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, Why can't I see his extra points? Do they not include that? That'd be disappointing. But he's he's a great player. I see the amount of extra. I have to figure this out now. He probably wouldn't want to miss one. So he's nine for point afters. He's nine for nine against Moorhead and seven of seven against. That's like where it's hilarious that he's already broken the like a field goal kicker scoring record. The amount of kicks he scores and points he gets per game it's just stupid okay i'm figuring out he didn't miss one last season 31 of 31 wow 
This guy's reliable. He's ultra reliable. Ultra reliable. You fill the time. Fill the time as things are loading. Oh my gosh, Ethan Radke, what a guy. He's really overshadowed. Oh no. He missed one. Right. I like how you're, we're saying, oh no, like we just watched him miss one. <laughs> He's made. Um, this is great podcast. <laughs> whispering as you count. Is this how many he's made in a row? I'm going to say it's... 16 plus 7. Go. 24. 16 plus 23. 23. 29. 29. He's made 29 in a row? No, no, no. He's made a lot more than that. <laughs> How do you know which one he missed? So, depending on which one he missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah at New Hampshire. What year? Is this anywhere... the year that Cole Johnson came in? Uh, in 2019, I don't know. We scored seven touchdowns. He missed one in 2019. He missed one back in 2019. That's sloppy. Um, that is the game, Jamie, you won 54 to 16. This was not the game I was thinking of. I'll look it up. I'm figuring this out. <laughs> he had a nope. Oh, kick failed. Ah, wow. You don't see that every day. I wonder how it failed. You think he just missed it? Yes. <laughs> I don't believe that he can miss a kick. Best kicker in the game. Okay, so he's then made. One. It's probably like in the game notes. <laughs> it's fantastic podcast. <laughs> Counting. So I'm sure they listed somewhere. There's got to be just like absurd amount of Ethan Radke sections in the game notes. Yep, there it is. He made 80 in a row. Wow. From he's he's now made 80 in a row. If you're an NFL team. Do you bring him in as your extra point kicker? What's his what's his what's his long? They claim he can go 50 plus this year, but I have to see it to believe it. Here's a great question that it, I love these thought starter questions on on football Twitter. Would you rather have a kicker who could kick it from 70% out, 70 yards out, but he's about 50%? Or from 40 yards in, he's 100%. I'll take the 40 yards in guy. Is he 50% from everywhere or just 70 yards out? Can I, t- can I just sign Justin Tucker? No. <laughs> no. Well, that sucks then. I mean, quick fantasy news. Uh, I crushed in fantasy this week. Oh, yeah. This was actually really impressive. This was a guy that had been going after people in the draft group chat. You beat him by about 100. (laughs) It was a good time. Okay. Uh, Quick whip around the sports here. Uh, Men's soccer had their win streak snapped against against NC State. His career-long field goal is 48 yards. Okay. Men's golf, they're about to start their season at the VCU shootout. Shout out to the women's golf team. They're so good. They are like really good at this whole golf thing. And um, are you ever going to write something on them or bring? bring yeah, I got it. We got to talk to Tommy Baker. Got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, softballs to host dinner on the diamond. That's not important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the <laughs> William and Mary invitational. Softball uh, to host. On the diamond, field hockey took some losses. Did you talk about them yet? Uh, no, you all you. There's they've lost two in a row. Appalachian State lost is a little disappointing. Wake Forest is a good team, but they're three and three, so maybe not quite living up right now to those preseason expectations. But they got time. They've yeah. got a lot of time. Just got to break out of the funk and start playing well. Sophia Davis named uh, CAA Defensive Player of the Week. Tyler Clegg named CAA Defensive Player of the Week. Clegg is soccer. Sophia Davis is volleyball. I think that's about it. 
Yeah, I think that's that's it. Looking forward to the Weaver State game and my rewatching of it, as I will not see it live. You won't see it live? Uh, the boys, the boys are headed to Chapel Hill for a seven thirty kick on Saturday. Well, that's stupid. I asked Bronco if he'd move it, and he said no. I was gonna say, does he know what game is on? Bronco was really making me work this week. He was. They were talking about their. They've been practicing at. Um, they're bad on the road, like really bad on the road. So they tried to go to different places to practice, and he wouldn't tell me where they went. So I had to figure it out on my own. Made me work. Did you figure it out? I did. He was like, "It'll take you about five minutes." I could tell you, but it'd be fun if you had to do it. He did not say that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." It took me more than five minutes. How long did it take you? I emailed the. I assumed they had gone to a high school and/or a college, so I had asked like all the high schools and they're like nope 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 and then i asked jmu and jmu was like nope and then it was the washington football team facility in richmond which a player eventually told me on the next day (laughs) (laughs) it was a little irritating i was like ah yes of course i assumed they would just do a local thing and change it up but they did that and then some other yeah we'll see if it actually works against sam howell well, Sam Howell sucks. He was unbelievable against Georgia State. Future I Lion. Bro, what was that? Future Lion. Actually, that's that's if they pick him over Cole. That's also if, you know, Jeff Okuda is okay. I seen it. That was a terrible way to bring Jeff Okuda into this conversation. Ripping on our <laughs> – look, all I'm going to say is the Lions are tied atop the NFC North. At a crisp 0-1, whereas the Seahawks are tied atop the NFC West at a nice 1-0. Matthew Stafford's going to break your heart this year. He broke yours for a lot of years, so I guess it's just my time. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> he was just involved. Your facial expression. You're, if you're watching this on YouTube, his facial expression was, just, was fantastic. But was for all in- of the podcast listeners, he looked like such – like. Like he was just like just pure defeat. It wasn't his fault. Okay, we ch- we tried as fans to give Stafford the life he deserved, but the Lions just refused. And then Kelly Stafford goes on some podcast that might be her own, and she's talking about how it's the happiest he's ever been. It's like you don't need to rub in the breakup. Like <laughs> he's doing great. All right, like just <laughs> we can see it. We don't need to also have you telling us this. We saw the Rams absolutely put on a clinic on Sunday Night Football. We don't need to also be told how great he is. Just the worst. That's the best division of quarterbacks like ever. Some Russ, of the throws: Stafford, Kyler, and then I mean Jimmy G even had a good game. G Jimmy G's like for like the worst quarterback in the division is very solid. And then you add in like Trey Lance is the really exciting prospect. It's if, if crazy. You put, if you put Jimmy G in the NFC East, he would be the best. If you put him in the AFC. Sleeping on Dak. Oh, I forgot about Dak. But he, yeah, you like Daniel. Can you imagine how much better the Giants would be if they had Garoppolo just not making stupid plays? Could you imagine Jimmy G on the, ooh, almost said the wrong name, the Washington football team? That would be a nice addition for them. But Heineke, speaking of ODU in a pipeline of football. What about him? <laughs> he's the starter now. Did, because, they win? Uh, Did they win week one? No, they, they lost, lost the Chargers and Fitzmagic hurt his hip, which if you believe the rumors, he hurt his hip on a water slide weeks prior, and this was just an aggravation of it. Okay. Someone went on a radio show and said that they worked at the water park and they saw Fitzpatrick go two to three times a week during the summer. He went <laughs> on the very fast slide. I love that for hurt him. <laughs> I don't give a I don't give a flying flahugameister if that's how he heard it. That is a great way to spend your summer. Best radio hit ever. <laughs> we yeah, all saw him walk- I'm really glad this has just evolved into complete rambling. How does that go? Does someone message the radio station and go, Hey, I have an inside source on the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury. Uh, WFAN, the fan. They open up the lines, and then he called, and they put him on, I guess. Hi, Mike from Alexandria. Yeah, here. basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And they're like, ah, thanks for calling. <laughs> Speaking of unsubstantiated rumors that start from nowhere, DeAndre Swift murdered some people. Completely made up, and then a bunch of people <laughs> blew up this rumor by like some the most confusing one is some guy who was like 
his bio is like fantasy insider. He's like called the police department and they said he's okay. And it's like, why the hell are they telling you? Like that's made up. <laughs> and like, did you call because he's on your fantasy team? That would be kind of next level though. You call the police like, hey, like, should I drop this guy? Should I be picking up Jamal Williams? What's the deal here? I mean, it doesn't matter because Jamal Williams still went off for 25 points. Both of them had about 25 points. People are wondering if the Lions had the most lethal backfield duo in the NFL. In fantasy, they might. In fantasy, they really might. Jared Goff is in the top five in the NFL in passing yards per game. You know something crazy? Yeah. I forgot to hit record on this. You did, my I saw you did. <laughs> Well, for Bennett Gollum, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.